0: KP, are we recording? All right, it's very important that we are recording on this one because, guys, I wouldn't even be doing this in the first place if it wasn't for today's guest, Chris, Dramapath. As many of you know, I met Chris when he invited me onto his podcast, Short Story Long, and over this last year, I have just watched this dude transform, uh, not just because he chose to work harder in business that too but most of all because he really went into working on the seven equities. I had the opportunity to start coaching Chris after episode number 50 and we worked together week after week and it's been one of my my coolest experiences working with somebody on a consistent basis because he's just taking it on and, and, and truly he's been somebody that started coaching me Um, and just I've learned so much through seeing him grow and excel at at such a fast rate. We go into some stories about his childhood and some of the challenges that he went through and how he broke through after he got to to LA and I think he shared a lot of stories that he's never shared before. I think you guys are going to going to get a lot out of this. We recorded this over at two nine two two Holly Ridge, an incredible listing that we have in the Hollywood Hills. So if you're only listening to this on the podcast, make sure you look for it as well on the YouTube and check that place out. Take some notes, guys. Project Mindset episode number three. Chris Drama Path. Let's go. Woo, man, we are here. I'm pretty inspired about this, guys. None other. The man. The myth. My super good friend. Chris Drama path
1: Woo! We are here, Kev. Thanks, dog. This is an honor. Wow. I will say you absolutely crushed my podcast into smithereens. Uh, that's how we became friends. And now my goal is to become the Kevion wow. of Kevion's podcast, if that makes any sense to the listeners. I want to come on here. I want to make you proud. I want to build you, you our friendship stronger. You, and I want people to be have. like, yo, Project Mindset, that <laughs> podcast is cool, but drama killed. He, he made it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. I, I want to make. That. I want be responsible for your podcasting success.
0: Oh, oh, on my way here, I was thinking about it, how your podcast was actually the first one I'd ever heard with, uh, with your cousin, Rob. Yep. And how... After that, I went on to to dive deeper into the other interviews, and I'm like, man, I've got a bunch of friends who are on here. Yeah. Fast forward to January as I'm coming up with all my new goals for the year, and I had ten. Yeah. One of my major goals was to be interviewed on Short Story Long. Yeah. And fast forward five, six months. Shout out to Sneaker Steve. It happened. It happened. And we uh, we did it, man. And now we're here, and you know, I know you wrote your goals down in 2018, yeah. And one of your ten major goals was to be on my podcast. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. And you know what? And you're Kids, here, man. Dreams do come true. <laughs> Manifest your reality. That's it. Dude. No, yeah, no, I'm excited. actually, I will say this is in line with one of my goals, which is to get uh, 500,000 downloads a month on on Short Story Long, and I. I think that this is going to help that dream uh, come true. I'm happy to support it.
0: I'm happy to support it. Well, and you know, it was really cool because after that podcast, we went into um, coaching. You know, it made such a big impact on my life. I actually launched um, Project Mindset after mm-hmm. being on your podcast because I was just floored uh, with... Positive feedback. I mean, I had thousands of people reach out to me. Uh, nothing real estate related, which yeah. is my career. <laughs> yeah. But all yeah. about like, man, tell me more about B, do, have. How do you set goals? And I just, it, it, it really showed me that there's a lot more that I'm supposed to do than run a real estate company. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, and you think about it like we get what we give, mm-hmm. right? And it, it's interesting because the... What I see you decided um, to do in, in, in creating your podcast was um, do something that inspires people to do the same. Yeah. And man, like that's exactly what happened for me. Like seeing the impact that Short Story Long had in your life and on uh, your company, I couldn't help but look at my own and say, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I up to?
1: And you actually have a gift for this. When I started podcasting, I. Was so uncomfortable and j- anxiety riddled and had no idea what I was doing. And I learned through two h- through a hundred episodes to be decent. Yeah. You have a gift. That I don't it's a know, shame. man. It's I a, don't know. It is a scam that we are not <laughs> being given more Kevian content. I'm working on it. You're I'm shorting it. the world. That's it.
0: I got a lot of homes I've got to sell. Listen,
1: too, the world has enough homes. All right. You're right. Podcast right. in each and every one of those homes. <laughs> Before you sell it,
0: well, we went into coaching uh, yep. immediately after. Yep. Uh, I actually didn't know much about you, and uh, for the, the 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 next year, we um, we dove deep into what you're all about. Your childhood, I got to know how you grew up, and what I learned about you is that you're you're somebody who was always seeking and learning. Yep. You know, I think it's probably easy for somebody to look at you and say oh he got lucky you know he's rob dyrdek's cousin sure but the reality is i imagine back in ohio there's a fair amount of cousins growing up yeah ohio produces cousins like no other right yeah and it was it was your like risk-taking your determination to just bug rob like dude get me to la yeah you know what i mean i'm sure there were others who wanted to but i think you had to have a certain level of of persistence to do that um and you didn't stop there yeah you know you got out here tv we know all about that your brand um and then still shifting like you know what i need to do more yeah so um I wanted to dive, dive into that.
1: Yeah. Into I,
0: like, what what were some of your defining moments as a kid that ultimately gave you the drive to get out to, to LA
1: yeah. in the first place? Yeah. And I, and I want to say this too, is like, number one, I absolutely did get lucky. And that's something to be clear about. And yeah. I think that for a long time, I tried to like that sort of this conversation drove me nuts Mm. because it took away any of my power of anything that I was actually responsible for. You mean like not wanting to accept Well, here's what really happened. From my point of view, I was scared to death, moved to L.A., took this huge risk, was all alone, blah, 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 caught a lucky break, was on this show that we all got lucky just happened to be a massive sensation how old when you moved out here again 18 18 yeah grinded it out started a clothing line met business partners launched this thing and when it all was sort of based around well you got lucky it drove me nuts mm. because it takes away anything that you actually did do mm. right and so that's the part where i hate to admit this now this is what i'm embarrassed about now yeah. is that i actually did let that affect me moving forward because what happened is I started to take away all the power from what actually made me lucky, yeah, and what made me capitalize from that luck, and right. what made me get into a situation where you could even potentially be lucky, yeah. And so you take away all of your strength and everything that makes you unique, and you start to believe, well, nobody cares anyways because everyone yeah. just thinks I was lucky, and that's when you just let the negative win, and you, you're completely, you have no power at that point, yeah, because you
0: didn't, you didn't want. You didn't really want to accept that. Where the reality is, like, yeah, absolutely. I'm lucky. You
1: kidding? Shit, was we were joking around, filming a TV show in a living room. It became a worldwide sensation. Why do you think zero to do of my power? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And 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 it was so much out of any of our power. Like we didn't expect that we were gonna a month later be walking through a mall and be recognized and asked for autographs. Robin Big was a Phenomenon, yeah, man. And we weren't like musical artists waiting to get our album out and right. hoping it took off, and it did. We were a bunch of skater dudes and the bodyguard around me. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. there was a huge element of luck involved, but I think that um, uh, you know the the part that I have now sort of settled down and realized and been able to grow with, and this is what I'm trying to spread is what are the behaviors and the risks and the things that m- put me in a position Mm. to potentially be lucky and then once you get lucky or you have these lucky breaks because you're naturally going to and you're also naturally going to get your ass handed to you i've been really unlucky also but what are the skills and the tools to deal with that as well Mm. that's where the meat is that's where the action is that's where anyone can get lucky um on purpose yeah you know what i mean And, and it's about trying to get lucky on purpose i need i need some more luck right now right 2018 give me another batch (laughs) (laughs) so so what is you what did
0: you learn from that that 10 years right because how old are you now
1: and you know what i'm sorry i'm being a bad guest because i'm just so used to podcasting yeah i didn't answer your question your question was what were some of the skills and the blah 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 growing up that even led to that yeah there we go and i just want to say that that like
0: the defining because because i i feel like for me right like i went to all those schools always had to move um and it was not knowing how long i was gonna have this friend that caused me to just want to connect with people quickly and now that translated into where and what i do today Mm -hmm. what do you think for for yourself as as a kid before all this before bug and rob like dude get me out here what do you think it was like what were those defining moments as a kid that gave you that that persistence in the first place yeah i I
1: think when i look back at it now because now i'm really in a mode i have been since we started talking i have been for the last two years of like really trying to look with a realistic lens back at sort of my life and really like what are the lessons what was good what was bad whatever um I think when I look at it now, a lot of my personality traits growing up were uh, birthed by, number one, being a skateboarder. Okay. Very much was, like, personality influenced by being a skateboarder. And what that meant was willing to be on my own, um, being addicted to self progress mm. uh, not needing a team or a coach or I yeah. a, a, a need you coach but i mean not needing a, a coach to tell me what to do yeah. every day being able to just grind it out take a beating and um, say fuck the world a little bit what was it about skateboarding versus sports mm, i don't really know yeah. something about my this is what i think happens for a lot of people i think something about my personality gelled with skateboarding yeah and what it is like I think that naturally I was a little antisocial um, and I think that I wanted to win but I didn't like team environments I didn't like being yelled at by some mm. old coach on the football field I naturally didn't like those things I didn't Did go you to try school. anything else yeah I tried uh, okay tried football I lasted four days oh wow uh, I played baseball little league so like you got all the equipment everything and you're like yeah I'm not doing this. I stuff. showed up to like you know the first weeks like a hell week sort okay. of situation I made it three days of hell, I think, and I'm like, Nope. Yeah. I'm out of here. Like I was so hyped to have all my gear on and I remember being in the mirror at home. You know, I'm probably like twelve. Right. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna I'm kill gonna it. Do this. Look at my gear, yeah. like whatever. And then I went there and I'm like, You're telling me like it's 90 degrees and you want me to just run down <laughs> this field with all this shit on? And uh, and it was just a deal breaker. I didn't go to school, like events, didn't go to prom, didn't go to any school things. And I think that personality gelled perfectly well. With what you're supposed to do right. to be a skateboarder. Yeah, for and sure. And I think about it now. I was thinking about it the other day. Like there were many, many days where I, it would be zero degrees in Ohio, snow everywhere, and I'm in my little one-car garage trying to learn how That's to it, like man. switch flip. Yeah. And I'm like, what other thing in life do I dedicate that much drive crazy to? And here's the crazy thing is, in when you're doing it, you don't even think I'm working hard. Right. You just think I really want to learn how to switch flip. Yeah. There's no there not even a hours. camera
0: on. No. I remember when I moved to Ohio, I feel like that was the 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 peak. I feel like I went to Ohio in the peak of my skateboarding. Yeah. You know, it was like ninety-five and traveling from where I lived in the IE to the Santa Monica courthouse and just like in the mix yeah. and then being sent to a farm where I had a cement pad yep. in Ohio yep. and still so inspired to just try a new trick yeah. like learn inward hill flips or something
1: i mean the day that i remember this vividly the day we discovered that my next door neighbor who was an elderly woman who didn't know any better had a shuffleboard court in her backyard oh, wow. it was it like was on are you <laughs> shitting me that's yeah. like any infinity pool and any like i would rather have a shuffleboard yeah. court at that age because it's smooth ground you got a nice flat runway like it was a dream come true so i think that that mentality is a lot where I got my personality and kind of enhanced certain parts of my personality. I think I'm heavily, heavily influenced by being a little brother. Mm. My older brother was always smarter, better grades, more well-behaved, did more of what my parents wanted to, better at skateboarding, better at skating, yeah. always better. And so I always had this mentality, without knowing it really, that I'm willing to do anything anything yeah. to find my place mm. because it's probably going to be taken by someone better if I don't die for so, it. So that's interesting man because like
0: you showed up before you showed up on the scene like here who you were showing up to life as like I've got to make this happen, or else somebody else is going to take my spot.
1: Yeah, and almost like I have to work so hard that I'm stealing this from someone else mm. because everyone's better than me. You have this. It's weird when your world is like one dude is better than you at everything. Right. It you craft it as everyone is better than you. Right. There's always someone. Yeah. Better than you, more capable, ready to do it. You have to work your ass off to even do it. Um, and that was part of. To be honest, that was part of what uh made, led to me successfully landing in la is when right. it was finally my turn and i was 18 and i had graduated high school when i when my brother was 18 and i was 14 he uh got a chance to move to la he ended up going to barcelona with rob to film the dc video mm. he ended up hanging out with rob and big black when they were initially filming those skits for the dc oh video. wow in my 14 year old brain back in middle school or whatever it is in in akron ohio i was devastated because in my mind this guy just got the opportunity of a lifetime dreams come true for him (laughs) not for me and by the time i'm 18 rob's going to be married and this opportunity won't exist wow and so when it was finally my time and thank god rob wasn't married i hit him up and i said i will do anything right to be there. Yeah. I will mop your floors which I did for hours on end. Yeah, I will hand wash your cars. I'll fold your damn box. You had to get out Just there. Just let me go and I, and that's what I did. But
0: How so, lo- how much convincing did it take? And were there any any roadblocks of you getting out here? Uh
1: the road well the main roadblock was that I graduated in I forget when you graduate, June. Yeah. Whenever. I graduated and the plan was to uh move to LA a week later. Okay. And I hit my head skating, uh, fractured my skull, was in a coma for four days, severe brain bleeding, uh, just had this crazy, weird injury out of nowhere. Man. And so that stopped my trip because um, from the skull fracture, I had a blood clot in wow. my brain. And I, um, I had to stay in Ohio and keep getting CAT scans every month to see if the blood clot was gone because that was a huge risk. So, and what, when that happened, like what were you telling yourself I'm going to be honest man at the time I was so dead set on getting to LA the same way I was dead set on learning a switch flip in my yeah. cold garage that I was like just <laughs> let's get it over so, with. So
0: so the skull fracture was yeah. like just a delay. Like it there was, was no thoughts of okay maybe I'm not going to be able to go. It was like as soon as this skull fracture is healed yep. I'm catching the flight.
1: It was a it was a nuisance. But wow. this is what I will tell you is number one, when I got out of the hospital, I couldn't read. Like wow. I looked at I remember looking at words. Uh, I just couldn't read. And and I remember going home, I loved my computer. I would always edit skate videos and yeah. stuff. And I um I logged on to like Safari or whatever, but I couldn't I didn't know how to use the internet. Wow. My parents were like, You can have whatever food you want. Like you just got out of the hospital, you can okay. have whatever food you want. I wanted pizza. I ordered pizza. It had no taste. No way. So I had all these weird side effects, but I just was like, I need to hurry up, get this silly little blood clot out of the way and get out to LA.
0: Oh man. Um,
1: But it caused me a lot of anxiety, meaning I am a bit of a, you know, I can be a bit of a hypochondriac maybe from that or I don't know. But one of the risks was, so when I finally moved to LA in November, I went for my final CAT scan and the blood clot was still there. Hmm. And they're like, look, it's been this long. We're guessing if you would have had any major complications, it would have happened by now. You can go to L.A. if you're that insistent on it. Um, but if you pass out or start having seizures or whatever, you got to come home. So I'm like, all right, I'm going. And, I'm going. And every time, you know that feeling like when you stand up and you get a little dizzy? Yeah. Like the most minor yeah. shit. Anytime that would happen, I'd be like, oh, my God, here it comes. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I'm having a stroke. I'm wow. having a seizure. Like it's all. Did low, you bro. have
0: any of that anxiety before the skull fracture?
1: You know, I think small bits. Like, okay. I think I was prone to, like, anxious sort of moments. Like, you know, when I was in elementary school, I would get super nervous before the first day of school. Like, Interesting, Stuff man. like that. But not, like, that sent me into sort of panic attacks where I felt like my brain was imploding yeah. in the kitchen because, like, I walked under the heater. Yeah. Something. You know what I mean?
0: I'm a big believer that we attract everything that yeah. we experience. Yeah. And um I'm curious what you think why you think you attracted the skull fracture. Like on your path. Oh man. On, on Chris's path to greatness. This is like a
1: Jedi. Right? Com- I'm not that level of Jedi. Yet, on Chris's path to
0: uh, Yeah, uh, why do you think that happened? Like I feel like every single thing that 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 happens to us, the the wins and the losses i think they're all designed to get us to our destiny right i'll give you one lucky what do you break
1: think? I'll, I'll give you one thing that um, cuz i believe you i believe you but i think you're just at like expert level manifestation like brain where i'm like still like trying to understand it that's funny so but but i will say the one lucky break was this um, my brother So when I graduated high school, my brother and I were both supposed to move to L.A. Okay. So I graduated high school, whatever. Great. Plans going forward. We're moving to L.A. in a week. Because he moved back? He moved back. Oh, interesting. So he had moved here back and forth okay. a few times. Um, but and that's no-
0: right. You told me that because it was like he got to go.
1: Now it's my shot. Yeah, that was yeah. my big like hook. Okay. You know, like come on, dude. And he when- got to come because he was so good at skateboarding that we came here. Rob one time saw a video of him skateboarding yeah. and was like, bro, you got to come out here. We wow. didn't really know Rob that well growing up. Okay. But Rob saw this video and was like, my cousin rips yeah you got to come out here while i'm filming the dc video and film and get in the mix like how sick would it be yeah. if my cousin was like whatever that's cool i wasn't that good right so i didn't have that same opportunity so now when you got the skull fracture did your brother still come to la anyways no so that's what i was going to tell you was my luck uh, my manifestation okay was by the time i had finally healed from my injury my brother had gotten a girlfriend Mm. in Ohio. Oh, And so he wow. didn't want to move. <laughs> and so I was like, bro, you are killing me. Like, this is my life. La- I just fought through my brain yeah. exploding. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's go. And, and he, um, and it's great. He had a girlfriend that he loved very much right. in Ohio and he didn't want to just up and leave her. So that forced me to hit up Rob, okay. which was a very uncomfortable, like for me, like, okay, Because he we was go. kind
0: of the pass to get out here. Yeah. So and you and could was come like, with your brother. I
1: didn't, it was like, hey man, can I get a job, can I get it? like, is there anything? You know what I mean? Interesting. Because without that, I'm I'm moving um, into like the Motel 6 right. and like looking for studio apartments. Yeah. So that was the one, at least I have somebody there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, that forced me to reach out and uh, and put myself out there and and end up coming out and end up building a great relationship with him, Interesting. great friendship. And so it was in part because of that delay yeah. um, that led me down a different path.
0: Look what we just discovered. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't
1: as much of like I caused it. I don't think, but but it benefited me in the end. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and I think the what there is to consider is that everything that we experience is moving us closer to what we really want. Yeah. Right. And the challenge is sometimes we're attracting things that. We don't want, Mm -hmm. but that's why we have to check our energy and say like, okay, why am I attracting this? Who am I being that's attracting this? Because we're always attracting, whether we believe it or not.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. But that's the, yeah, that's the benefit that came out of it. And I will say this, this is the last thing, just about the childhood sort of mentality that led to this, is the last thing is, I was always trying to find ways to be sort of entrepreneurial. Yeah. And entrepreneurship is it's such a buzzword now right. that I don't even like saying anymore. But I guess maybe it was just that I didn't wanna get a job. Yeah. But I was like always, when I was super young, I would my favorite thing to do was gather up all the just random shit in the house that I knew my parents didn't use and have a yard sale. And wow. put up signs and have a yard sale. Yeah. Um, I started filming and editing skate videos of my friends because I knew I wasn't good enough to be a pro skateboarder. And I started selling skate videos of my friends like in Akron to all of the big skate stores in like Cleveland and Columbus. And I like, would be like, that's hey, pretty cool. what the Akron kids are doing. Uh, you know, whatever. I made a couple thousand bucks off of that. And then I took... Well, you got
0: to make... Uh, you have to be pretty entrepreneurial to how many videos would you say you actually made up yourself? You probably printed out some stickers from Kinko's. How many videos uh, do you think you actually sold?
1: I made, so probably, I don't know, a few hundred.
0: That's a fair amount yeah. of videos. Yeah. That's Here's awesome. the one I'm
1: proud of. Here's the one I'm most proud of. Because now I'm like, damn, you were a hustler. <laughs> Is I took my video knowledge and my editing skills and I would go to my cousins and then beyond little league football games, Wow. sit there with a camera, film the entire game, edit it, and then go back the next week and sell it to the parents so they could wow. see their kids playing football. That's a good hustle. That's the one i That's I'm a good of. hustle.
0: How much do you care about your children?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to see, see them run routes? Do you yeah. want to check tape? That's here amazing. Here's memories forever on this nice <laughs> DVD. That's incredible, dude. You know? So yeah, that was, those so, are the things that formed.
0: So you get out here. Mm-hmm. What did you learn in those, in the, in those 10 years, right? Like, what did you really learn from it all? In your first 10 years, 8, 18... To 28.
1: What did I learn? Yeah. I mean, it literally crafted all of who I was, like who I am. You know, I think that I learned, like, you know, I learned, I was grounded because of the way my parents are. My parents are incredible. Um, Put a lot of priority on, you know, friendships and treating people well and all that stuff from my parents. But everything else yeah, I learned in those first 10 years. Wow. And it went from learning how to exist in a city like LA. It went from to learning how to be be a proper, have a proper dynamic on a television show. What yeah. dynamic meant. Right. Like if Rob and Big Black are this way, I can be this. Right. My character is this. And if I do this, I'm stepping out of bounds of my dynamic in the group. So learning how to play your role. Yeah. yeah. learn 100% learning how to play my role. Learning um, how it, hit TV show is even made. Yeah. Um, Learning how to sort of shut up and do the work that's needed. I mean, I was Rob's assistant for years and that was like real work of, like I said, scrubbing floors and running errands and all this different stuff and um, learning how to properly just play your part and Mm -hmm. learn and kind of shut up and learn what's going on so that you can apply it later. Um, Then I started a company in that 10 years. Um, I learned how to, you know, I learned kind of when to shut up and learn and when to be aggressive and trust yeah. that you know better than anyone. Those are mm. some very weird balance. Absolutely, you know that you yeah, because you're plan. going
0: from being someone's assistant where you have to do whatever needs to be done, yeah. to putting on a, a boss cap for yourself and saying, yeah. no, this is what I want to do in this thing and then essentially directing yeah. people.
1: Yeah, like if I come with you and we're looking around this house and I'm asking you questions about real estate, there is not one piece of me that's teaching yeah. or demanding or leading. Right. I am a student and I am so thankful that I have a friend like you that will tell me this type of information yeah. that people would die to know. I'm you tell good. me any I of know your secrets. My stuff. I'm fortunate, right? <laughs> so I will be 100% student. Yeah. In an hour when I go back to my office and I'm having a meeting, even if I'm not totally sure, I have to pretend that I'm totally sure right. because I'm leading now a group of people. Um, and just learning really the dynamics of when is the right time to do each. And if you ever spend too much time doing either, you're either not moving forward because you're just spending all your time being a student, or you're turning into an asshole because you're never just humbling yourself and listening. Yeah,
0: that's good, man. That's really good. But
1: what, anyway, I learned my entire life was learned yeah. in those last ten years. Yeah.
0: What What was the peak? What was the peak moment in that? Those first. 10 years, right? Where you're like, wow, like around what year was it? How old were you when it was like, man, I am absolutely killing it. Like I might be the greatest
1: human being on earth. Yeah, I've had a few of those moments. Um, So I would say a few of those moments. Just coming from where I come from, living in LA, and I remember getting my first fake bape hoodie. (laughs) Wow. And let me tell you, Kevion, there's a few things I remember. And it's my first bake, <laughs> fake Babe yeah. hoodie, my first real pair of Babe shoes, okay. and my first real pair of Evisus. shoes. Oh, man. Those are
0: a three defining moments.
1: Defining. And shout out to my boy, Nino. I used to just play him in pool for hours because he was the ice cream skate team okay. team manager. Yep. Play him in pool for hours to try to bet Babe items off of him. The point is this. Just living in LA and owning a fake Babe hoodie. Right. I felt on top of the world. You made it. When I went back to how Ohio. How old were you when you got your fake baby? 19.
0: You made it. That was all you needed. That was it. Yeah. One
1: year in LA, I made it. So see you suckers in Ohio later. That's it. I'm back for Christmas <laughs> with my baby blue bay putty. Wow. Um, so that was probably the first time. Okay. Just living in LA. You go back to Ohio and it's like, oh my God, what's Britney Spears yeah. like? And yeah. And how many mansions do That's you have? That's really funny, man, because when I moved
0: to Ohio, I lived in Cincinnati yep. and Um, I I think it was maybe eighth grade. And my sister was, I think, in fourth grade. And we each had different um, make-believe stories. So um, my story, they were like, oh, man, like, what's LA like? I was like, oh, it's crazy. You know, like, a lot of gangs. Um, what's crazy is I actually did have a tattoo, and so I was like, yeah, I can't really tell you guys. I was only in eighth grade, but I was yep. like, I can't really tell you guys what this means on my wrist, but uh, it's not good. Yeah, and, yeah people you died go through, about you gotta it. You got to go through metal detectors at my school. It was not like that yeah, at my school. Sure, my but... sister told her friends that in the in the intro to Baywatch, yep. you could see our house. She's yep. like, yeah, you know, our house
1: like is in the That's background. That's such a solid and, lie.
0: Yeah, it's good.
1: You know, because yeah. it's like that just is like the epitome of LA and beach, and like nobody knows that right. that's your house. But for me, for you know,
0: mid 90s, I was like East versus West Coast. There was a lot of beef going on.
1: Yeah, so you chose and, up? Yeah, you know? Yeah. So you were a death row guy?
0: Uh, No, I was always more of like a, uh, more more in the East, I, I will really? say. Yeah. Wow. And definitely, because that's more rap. I've always been more into hip hop. Yeah, you I get know? it. But if Try, I was back in Biggie, Ohio, Nas. Yeah.
1: If I was back in Ohio from L.A. during that period, I'd be like, yeah, you know, me and Shug, like, it's not that big of a deal, but like, sure, sometimes we hang out, like, you know, Tupac gets a little crazy. Anyway. So
0: next, that that was the first king of the world moment yes. is the fake babe hoodie.
1: Yep. So fake babe hoodie, go back to L.A. or go back to Ohio for like Christmas and your fake yeah. babe. You might as well be We're Pharrell. Uh, next was, I think, to be honest, I think there was like a mini one. When Rob and Big really blew yeah. up. But I wasn't that big a part of that show. And I also didn't make like ne- next to zero money. I sure. made like a thousand bucks for every episode I was on. Okay. Which was very few. Um, so I didn't get like whatever. When Fantasy Factory blew up. Because mm. at that point, Big Black had went to Texas to raise his daughter. Uh, and so it was just Rob and I. Oh, wow. And that was like right when Chanel got introduced. No Sterling. No, not even my brother on the first season. It was me and Rob. Wow. And so that's when it was like bam, like I'm the dude, yeah. I'm the co-star. Uh,
0: This is it. Was there a moment where you did something or was a certain event
1: where you're like, this just happened? Uh, The the one that first comes to mind is I, you know, as you can see, I started to get into tattoos. Sure. And I walked into, you know, of course I tracked down Mr. Cartoon. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, a must. You, you have know, to. Of course. 50 Cent uh, did. Yeah, so why wouldn't Eminem drama did. from Akron? And so I, uh, <laughs> Tracked him down and, and was getting tattooed by him like multiple times. He's a great dude. And one day I walked in there and Snoop Dogg was getting tattooed. And he goes, drama. Wow. What are you doing in here, man? And I was like, what the hell? That's tight. Like Snoop Dogg, this is crazy. <laughs> you know, and I just think. How did like, you get that point? I had to be probably like 20, 22. Okay. 23 at the max. Yeah. And so it was still very much like Snoop Dogg is like a. It's three a, years. A superhero. Like he's yeah. not even a human being. And whatever. So that was like, damn, like you're on some, like this is interesting. People like Snoop Dogg. I remember when I met Little Wayne. He was like, what's up dude? What's up drama? How you yeah. Doing? And I was like, damn, people like Lil Wayne and Snoop Dogg know who you are. It just causes this weird shift in the interesting. world. Interesting. Um, so that was definitely like a big one. And then the ultimate one was like, when Young and Reckless really started working. Yeah. And contrary to what a lot of, a lot of people view Young and Reckless as like, we launched it, it exploded, it became this big thing, drama made a bunch of money, sick. Yeah. But the way that it was from my perspective was, Young and Reckless launched, it was obviously a bit of a process, I went and found business partners, did all this stuff, finally it's time to launch. So I was supposed to launch on the first season, but I didn't have the trademarks done, shit wasn't done. So, I was devastated. I thought I just missed my opportunity mm. for life. Thank God we get picked up for a second season. Everything's lined up. We're ready to go. Got my samples printed. Boom. Boom. Shows on the air. Um, the first episode was not what a lot of people think, which was me jumping out of a building to prove I was reckless. Right. It was like Rob buying me two little mice that rode around on fingerboards. Like It was not <laughs> as impactful. you know. Right. And so the point was it launched with a bit of a, a bit of trouble. Yeah. And it was well, like a oh. bit of
0: trouble because it wasn't marketed properly for you representing the brand on the show.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, yes, yeah, two it was mice just, is not it just wasn't young it and was, reckless. Yeah, this dude from a reality show has a merch line, I guess. Yeah. And it's in yeah, PacSun. Okay. And like it's not gonna be a blockbuster release. Right. And I knew that. That was never my goal was to be a merch dude and be a celebrity. Okay. My goal was to run a really dope. I looked up to LRG. I looked up yeah. to all those guys. I wanted to be Jonas. Right. And so I, um, I, that was my worst fear. But I didn't have time to do all that marketing yet. Yeah. So all I had was first episode of the show. It launched at Sun the next day. And it was cool. Like the shirts sold. It and worked. That was like crazy. Like we're selling shirts at malls. Like right. this is crazy. Um, but it, the moment that season went off the air, it absolutely tanked like back of the store. Couldn't sell a shirt to save our lives. I thought 100% this idea of starting a clothing line was, was done. Wrap. It was over. Um, and I'd made no money yet. Okay. Right. So um, at that point, we decided to like just go so hard on like every athlete, every celebrity, every, like every, everyone wearing the clothes, taking cell phone pictures, tracking people down. Finally, we ended up doing a campaign with Meek Mill. It was right before his first Mm. album came out, took a big shot. He took a risk on us. We took a risk, did all of this stuff. Um, That finally started to put it over the edge and started the growth year two, year three. So, well, so say- it wasn't
0: necessarily the the show that helped blow it up. I mean, well, it yeah. helped it a little bit, but it was really more of that behind the scenes hustle of like, man, we got to get this out there. Sure, and it, But yeah. it, here's the
1: thing. The truth is, it was both 100 percent. Like I'm by no means going to claim that the show because what the show did was this. It allowed me to even be a reason to have a conversation with a place like Sun. Okay. It allowed us to go for to sure. Sun and say, we're going to premiere this on a TV show and I'm going to pr- press all of my social media followers to Sun to get it. Just take it for all your doors. Right. And they did. So that's where like that leverage was insane. Yeah. But it wasn't like show it on the show, explode. It was show it on the show, have a hard time. The point was... After about three years, we started really making money, and I think the like the fourth year, you know, I think my 26th birthday, I it's a little embarrassing to say now, but I bought myself a white Lamborghini Gallardo <laughs> for my birthday. Yeah, that's that phase. Wow,
0: on your 20, was it? Did you do it on your 26th birthday? Yeah.
1: Damn. That phase was life.
0: 26. Wow. With the Lambo. 26 <laughs> with the Lambo. And the
1: kicker is... Did you own a house yet? Hell no. <laughs> what kind of priorities are those, Kev? I'm trying to rent mansions and That's drive amazing. my Lambo. But my point is, you. so now I'm driving around in a Lamborghini. I'm the co-star on a very successful TV show, That I'm, so I'm getting recognized. Yes. And I have a newly successful clothing business. There it is. That is...
0: Woo. That's it, man. I mean, you made woo. it.
1: For a kid from Ohio wow. that grew up listening to a lot of young Jeezy. Yeah. That is the dream manifested. Wow. That's amazing. So that was the ultimate one. That was the one where I was Lambo like, Lambo day. It's got to it. be I'm huge. Shit. Yeah. yeah. I'm the next uh, Jonas. I'm yeah. the next. You're
0: on your way. Yeah. So what was the major uppercut, right, in business? Because mm. uh, I imagine you rode that wave. A couple years, right? And then yep. what was the, the, that major uppercut that just made you pivot and say, damn, I got to figure something out?
1: Mm-hmm. How old were you? When was it? What happened? The major, so, so there was a, a few little ones. You know, there was one that got me really bad, which was like just a stupid mistake where one of my designers did a graphic that was a straight up knockoff of the Hells Angels logo. Mm. And I didn't know that. And I wore it on TV. Oh, great. And that's the worst. If you could pick one logo, like a swastika might go over better. (laughs) If you pick one logo that you do not want to wear on national television, it's a Hells Angels knockoff for a skinny little white dude. And what happened? I got like the craziest calls and reach outs. And like, number one, we got obviously sued. But I got personally very uh, put on notice that I had made a mistake. (laughs) And I mean like, I mean all the way up to walking out of a club one night and a dude like walking up on me uh, up against the wall on Hollywood Boulevard, yeah. you know, like whatever. This is a problem. Luckily, he didn't stop me out or anything, but uh, pretty damn close. Damn. So the point is, those I had these little moments of those things that really rocked me and really made okay. me be like, damn, there's it's risky playing on this level, and I'm not equipped right to make these sort of mistakes. I got you. So then, you know, that was all growing learning experience. The big, big uppercut for me was uh, a combination of. Our show had stopped filming, mm-hmm. uh, which we were over it. It was great news for the show. How long be... did?
0: How long was the show popping I think it was for? eight
1: seasons. I don't okay. know why I'm having trouble remembering if we did eight or nine, but I think it was eight. It's a skull fracture. It's that damn blood damn clot. It. So, so the show's done, which, like I said, great news. I was so sick of like filming and being on reality TV. I wanted to be a businessman. Yeah. Um, and
0: sh- and your the brand was doing good. So. The brand was
1: doing great, and, but what I didn't the one part I didn't understand or didn't, uh, undervalued was it was something that every day for 10 years I went, showed up somewhere, was welcomed, had a crew of people that was with us for most of that journey. Mm -hmm. Um, had my cousin there, had our friends there, Chanel and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's just a really fun thing to do every day. And I was too busy worried about, um, not wanting to be on TV anymore and didn't take into consideration not being around those people or having an obligation to show up somewhere. And so that took a toll on me. And then right after that is when retail started having issues. Yeah. So the way that looked for me was we got some pretty serious warnings that like this is going to be a huge impact, like Mm. something really bad is coming, uh, meaning this stuff's going to crash. And what that means in apparel is You have a bunch of stuff in production, you have a bunch of orders uh, made, you have product going out, they don't care. They're canceling those orders and you're on the hook for them. They're sending back the clothes that didn't sell, some of the retailers, and if you don't take them, your business is over with them. They couldn't care less. Macy's doesn't care. So all in the same season of life, right?
0: Call it the same three to six months. Show finishes. Yep. Yep. You don't have that structure of showing up, being with the crew, having a specific schedule to do. Yeah. And you're going to you know, pour all your energy into the business. Yep.
1: And the thing that you pour your energy into shifts yep. all at the same time. And I'll give you a little one. There's a little one that happened in that same time period. We started building a women's business. We had this thing called Reckless Girls mm-hmm. that we were posting all these hot girls, whatever. It was blowing up, like just going, going, going. Yeah, I've going. seen it. I've, I had to unfollow it. There you go. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's not good for a I married dude. Look, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're building up this thing, but still in the grand scheme of, let's say like a PacSun, we're a pretty small piece of the women's yeah. business. So what happened was the trend and the approach and the direction that PacSun wanted to go changed. Mm. They wanted to be more like Brandy Melville and sort of a urban outfitters kind right. of look, a lot of um, cut and sew a lot of in-house. And that meant cutting those brands and that opportunity for growth. Mm. So now here's a place where you're growing, your business is growing by millions of dollars and it's just not big enough to matter mm. to the bigger picture and that gets cut. Then you see, this is what I also want to say is like, we got really lucky thanks to being super aggressive and my business partners are so smart. The yeah. team is so incredible. We dodged a lot of the real issues. Mm. Like we luckily never, like we there was we never thought like, we're about to go out of business. Right. But we just saw like, you need to make some aggressive changes right now yeah. or else that day is coming. Wow. And so what that meant was all of, like the guy driving around in the Lambo on TV, owning a clothing line, which is one of the most fun businesses to be killing yeah. it in, that's going on trips and going to Miami with all of his friends and who are his marketing people and whatever has to now sit across from those people and fire them. Wow. And not because they did anything wrong. Not because I really did anything yeah. wrong. Because things changed. And, and around what year is this? That was like 2015? Yeah. Yeah, I think 15. Wow. Um, and, and it just felt like, I mean, we made aggressive changes and let a lot of people go and downsized a lot. And, and it felt like every day that you go to the office is just bad, bad yeah. news. And how about
0: behind the scenes, like changes in life, yeah. right? Because these are, you know, we've talked a lot about the seven equities, yeah. right? And that's your mind, body, soul, family, friends, business, money, then there's your, your, the material things, yeah. right? You had to make all these changes at, at uh, the business structure. How yeah. about outside of that? What kind of changes did you have to make to get through this period?
1: Well, so in the beginning, I didn't make changes, which is what amplified the period. Oh, wow. My changes were that uh, I'd have a bottle of wine every night okay. or two. Yeah. You know, I told you, like, my big trick on myself, because I don't want to be, you know, I'm so, like, scared of becoming, like, an addict, yeah. or, uh, you know what I mean, um, that I would wait until 9 p.m. to mm. crack the bottle of wine, because right. what that meant was I didn't have a problem, mm. Right. Um, because as long as it's nine, like yeah. whatever. That's when Normal. everyone starts drinking, right? So I would go home, I would be just a just depressed mess, um, uh, watch like lock up extended stay, right. you know, just the most depressing yeah. show. Um and I would wait till nine PM, crack a bottle of wine, whatever, and just like just not just I would just wander around like right. and just be bummed out and just Man. think of how everything sucked and really think about like why I was really doing any of this.
0: And we've, we've spoken a lot about affirmations, yeah. right? And I believe that we're, we're saying affirmations whether we believe in them or not. Yep. And I think a lot of times we're just saying affirmations that uh, aren't serving us. And we're saying them by default. What, yep. what do you think uh, are, were some of the affirmations that you might have been telling yourself at that time mm-hmm. that were
1: limiting you? Well, I think that, like, I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't deserve any of this. Mm. I didn't actually... Uh, all those people that were my worst enemy that said this was luck were right. That's worst I case. didn't deserve this. That is worst yeah, case. Yeah, everybody's kidding me? right. You're telling me, like, Damn. your little internet trolls are right? Damn. Like, holy Ouch. cow, that's a day you never want to yeah, face. Man. Um That, you know, I didn't have... Uh, like real friends, like I really felt at that time, like there was nobody on this earth that could understand my situation. Yeah, being you know twenty however old I was, twenty eight, uh, with a business. Yeah, uh, having been on TV, mm. these little things. I just felt like there was. But nobody. think of those.
0: Think of those. Th- think of those three. Yeah. Right, like everyone's right. I was just lucky. I don't have a- any skills that would warrant me deserving this. Yeah. And then the bigger challenge, like nobody understands this anyways, yep. the, like your process of coming here and being young and getting it and all this occurring, like nobody would understand if you yep. even tried to explain it to someone. you somebody. even tried to
1: tell that story, nobody cares because A, you're just lucky anyway, but yeah. B, nobody can even really relate to it. You're just right. going to sound like whatever. So what that boils down to is it really just gave this overall feeling of like nothing this was all a joke. Like yeah. this is all worthless. Right. You know, and it's really interesting like how that can sort of spiral um, into that place with a chain of events. Yeah, so you it's know?
0: 2015, to th- 2016. What other changes did you have to make Um, you know, there were some of the things that you started to add to your life in your lifestyle of drinking every night. Yeah. And were there any other changes that you made or, 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 things that you had to adjust negative or positive to get through that period?
1: Um, I think, uh, you know, the big thing was I just sort of super, super secluded, you know, like I just, like I said, by nature, I'm a little bit of an antisocial dude. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I love that, and that's a great benefit to me, but it can also become a negative. Like if I don't remember to just go out and do the random right. fun thing or go meet the person, yeah. like we talked about how you do like prospecting in yeah. real estate. I also need to do that in my business, right. but my instinct is to not. And if mm. I go too hard on that instinct, it doesn't serve me and I really screw myself. And so I did that like to the max. It was literally just every day, you know, on the days that I would go to the office, I would go to the office, I would sit in my office by myself if I wasn't having to fire someone or hear some bad news. I would go home the moment I could and I would just want to be alone and there was nobody, you know what I mean? I didn't want to be around anyone. So anyway, that's where it was sort of at its worst. Yeah. And it's that feeling that I'm sure a lot of people have or have had or can relate to of this is all for like, what does any of this mean? Like what is really interesting or, or worth it about any of this?
0: So notice exactly what happened here for Chris as he asked himself a question, what is really interesting or worth it about any of this? What's powerful about a question is it causes you to look for an answer. I think sometimes you have to hit that wall of frustration, that wall of being so tired or frustrated with the way reality is before you can develop a sense of what it is you really want. As we've said many times before, contrast creates clarity. And this was the point where drama had heard enough static. He was ready to tune into that crystal clear dial he always knew he was designed for. Now all he had to do was start to focus in. Listen, as Chris began to discover what was really important and what actually matters.
1: That is when I started making changes in a positive way. Yeah. You know, and that started with the littlest, I'm trying to take myself actually back to those moments i mean i think that one of the first rid
0: of everything right i mean
1: so i got rid of everything i got rid of all my shit yeah you know because at the time i'm still driving a rolls royce like who feels bad for you when you have a rolls royce ghost you know and you're like i'm alone (laughs) i want more wine And it's like shut up weird rich guy (laughs) you know and uh and so i got rid of all of the things that didn't like i didn't you know need or that were just excess right because number one you don't even feel like you don't feel when you're feeling like nothing is worth anything, the last thing you want to do is drive around in a fancy car. Yeah, it's really interesting though that you
0: you did that, right? Like you recognized that and you said, "You know what? I'm going to get rid of everything that is material that is making me who I think I am." Yeah, right?
1: Yeah. And I just think to be honest, for me it was a moment you know how when people sometimes when they go through these like life changes, they shave their head. Mm-hmm. There's something about shaving your head yeah. that's like stripping yourself right. of whatever and like becoming like the warrior version yeah. of yourself. And that's what it felt like to me. It felt kind of like get rid of these things that are distractions yeah. or that are you know peacocking to show whatever, and just get down to what you need and get back to who you are, wow. which is the dude. That moved to LA by himself to figure this shit out and now you feel by yourself again You feel back to that same feeling that you felt when you got off the plane here Go back to that. Yeah. and be who you are Well, I think there's a lot of courage man that, that you had to
0: have to do those things like yeah. we've talked about this before how uh, when you told me this story I I felt like wow you were really close to going from running your own company and yeah. n- not starting the podcast because you're going to go be marketing director yeah. at like the up and coming <laughs> yeah. shoe company. Yeah. That was
1: close, which That's who knows? Hey, nightmare. you know what I mean? Nightmare. Yeah. It was close. Yeah. Yeah. I was in no man's land a little wow. bit, you know, but, so, but thank God. And this is the part that I don't know, but if anyone listening to this or like you, you're into this sort of content for a reason, mm-hmm. because In all of us, there's that one piece of you that says, nah, man, I'm not going out like that. Yeah. I'm better than this. Yeah. But you got to figure out exactly what that is and build on it. Mm. Don't think I'm better than this. So my expectations are that I deserve a better life. Figure out that one little fire, that little pilot light and start to feed that. That's awesome, and that's what starts to build who you really are and why you are better than that. You are better than that. Yeah. If that's not the life for you, some people are listening and like hmm, marketing job at Upcoming yeah, sure. Brand sounds sick. For me, that's not my path. Yeah. And so, I just think that yeah, I got dangerously close to like this weird potential path.
0: Well, I, I think what we're what we're talking about too is like we all go through periods where we're in the middle. Mm-hmm. There's this middle ground where like. You don't know if it's going to fall apart. You don't know if you're going to get the job. You don't know if you're not going to get the job. You don't know if the relationship's going to continue. Mm-hmm. And it's this middle ground where I think it's very easy to get lost in that middle place. You're not winning. You're not losing. Yeah. You're just in the middle. Yeah. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, if you want to stay balanced, you have to continue peddling you got to continue showing up what what have you learned about maintaining in that middle ground
1: explain to me again what the middle ground is the middle is
0: like you're in the midst of the shit
1: yeah like but that's where the
0: action is yeah
1: you know i just think like i don't know i think that maybe i guess i i wish i would have known this when i was younger and i don't when people say this I always feel like oh yeah no like know it all sort of whatever I've just learned from doing this for long enough now and cramming a lot of life into the yeah. last you know uh, 31 years um, that the joy the whole game all right. of it is in the struggle yeah it's there is no end and like there just isn't and I don't know I know it's so cliche and I know everyone has their way of saying right. it but it's not It's like the better that you can learn to sort of struggle well. Right. As I think Ray Dalio said. That's where the action is. That's it. And I've learned that like, once again, I don't, you kind of started this podcast off with like growth and that sort of talk. I enjoy making progress and growing. Yeah. That's what I enjoy. I don't, I'm not saying that my mission on this earth is to buy a house in Malibu. Right. And once that's, why, why are you here? Well, I like yeah. to, I want to buy a house in Malibu. Yeah. And then like, okay, sick, dude. I am here <laughs> to continuously grow, evolve, learn. I don't know where that leads me yeah. exactly. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but that's where I go to bed at night and say, that was a good day. That's it, man. You know what I mean? Well,
0: and I think that if there's anything that, you know, I try to impress upon people is that that struggle is where the party's at. Yeah. Like that, it, we, we have a make-believe story that when we make a mistake or something bombs, like that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like, but that's, that's the sign. That's the signal. Like if you go back to the skull fracture, Yeah. that was the opportunity.
1: Yeah
0: to actually be side by side with Rob and have so many things occur. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? And it taught me, you know, it forced me to come out here and be insanely uncomfortable. Yeah. Now I feel like if I'm in a situation where I feel uncomfortable, uh, whatever, because I've I've survived being in LA with a blood clot thinking I was going to have a seizure at any moment. Right. Like so it just taught, it made me way more like resilient, right? Wow, that's good. But man. you just don't I don't know. This whole like People are learning it, I think. I think yeah. the awareness is growing, but the idea of some end result is yeah. a complete and absolute illusion. I and agree. Th- the bad news is it's all an illusion. And so everything that you know, a lot of people are striving for doesn't exist. Yeah. The good part is you can start to find the real thing literally today. Because yeah. the real thing is just growing and evolving.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's powerful because I think um, one of the scariest things is we when we put so much of an emphasis on how we're going to feel when you do buy the Malibu home, yeah. how you're going to feel when you do get the Lambo or when you get married or whatever, yeah. and you get there and you feel the same way. Yeah. It's like, it can be a very scary thing achieving all of your goals if you put too much of an expectation on how you're going to feel yeah. when the reality is how we feel is not a destination, right? Like how we feel is a choice, mm-hmm. you know? And at the end of it, I, I feel like that's the core part of life mm-hmm. is experiencing joy and being present mm-hmm. and not getting stuck in the future and not getting stuck in the past. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah and it's just, yeah, man, like you use those things as like, carrots to dangle in front of yourself for sure for a reason to get up in the morning look at your little vision board be like i'm gonna get that house yeah for sure and that's your thing right but the that's not like the joy is in running on day 100 yeah of the 100k a day uh sorry 5k, 5K a, day, K a day 100 day that moment when you or even screw that day 37 you did not feel like doing it. <laughs> how about this?
0: Can I tell you what one of my worst days of this year was? What? Day 101. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm not even playing. You're day one. Right. 100- I didn't run. I told myself I was going to take you're a right. break. And the whole day after the most awesome day, which was day 100, yep. day 101, so it's just a couple of weeks ago, was just one giant uppercut.
1: Can I guess the best day? What was the best day? Was the best day of running the day you finished running? From a night when it was the last thing on earth you felt like doing,
0: without a doubt, it was the season um, when I was uh, going through my grandpa passing. Yep. You know, it was really difficult because I was I was very vulnerable. I was really emotional. I might have shed a tear or two during during that run. Yeah. But losing my grandpa, he is the most important person in my life. Yeah. Like most important, Jonas, my dad, and my grandpa. For so for, so to lose him, and I felt like I was running for him. I felt like i was being my word i felt like i was making him proud yeah and um it taught me a lot
1: but that's the day yeah. this is what i would argue that's the day that you and what you thought you were capable of actually grew the most for sure right and that's I didn't the want to day you probably finished or went to bed and thought a lot of shit's going on right yeah. now terrible yeah. day all things considered yeah but man what a great like that feeling is the feeling you fight for
0: feeling like I did my best, Yeah, you know, and I, I'm, I'm doing what I can with what I've got yeah. and everybody could do that. Yeah. You know, you just have to take action. Yeah. Yeah. So what sparked the idea to start a podcast and did you set any goals or did you just go buy the equipment and press record?
1: So, what started the idea was, you know, obviously I know kind of the power of content, you know, uh, especially after being a part of, grew up filming and making skateboard stuff. Yeah. Was a part of a massively successful TV show. I know the power of content. And that power is only growing every day right now. Mm. Um, but it was really important to me after spending so many years on reality TV, which was a sort of persona and a type of content that I can't scale or do anything with. Yeah. That I thought of something that, would be me and it would be something that I could build upon and meaning the persona of just being like Rob's
0: little cousin even even
1: take that part out of it even drama on fantasy factory if you take that element out of it I was just sort of like the dude that was around that was like kind of scared of all the crazy stuff. Yeah. That was, and this is not me. Right. You
0: know, and like. it's But not, you had to play that role
1: and that was it. It was great. And I benefited so much off of it. But what I'm saying is like there's nothing I can do with that persona. Got it. You know, I can't scale that. I can't go hunt down other people to do weird stuff on TV with to act scared. Uh, Did so, you ever think of that? Did you think, well, maybe I could create my own well, show? Wait a no, because I knew I wasn't. I never even really after after those shows. I never thought like I'm going to go do my own show because okay. I knew I wasn't the guy driving it. Yeah, that wasn't so, me. A podcast was an opportunity to
0: um, shift your previous persona.
1: Yeah, and it was like, okay, I want to put out some content now. It had been a couple few years since the show was off the air. I want to put out some content now. That's about who I really am. Yeah. Well, who am I? I'm a guy from Akron, Ohio, like middle of nowhere, skipped college, moved to LA, was scrappy, paid attention and hungry. Yeah. And I made the sort of entrepreneurial dream come true. Right. So what do I want to do? I want to talk to other people who have done something similar. I want to show those conversations to everyone Yeah. with the hopes that by sort of humanizing them and bringing them down to earth, realizing that you're capable of it too, this guy's capable of it, everyone's capable Right. It. if you buckle down and do it, maybe I can repeat the pattern of exactly what I did. Because mm. all I know how to really do is what I did. Yeah. So I remember when I moved here and when I started talking to people when I was around, you know, Johan from Rogue Status and a little bit around Ken Block from DC and seeing that these were normal guys, they were right. really smart but they were humans and they're the ones who made these crazy big things happen. Right. Um, or with Johan, like rogue stars was the coolest thing in the yeah. world. And like, these are guys who did this. I can do it too. And that changed my mind. Like living in Ohio, if someone said, Hey, why don't you go start like the next DC shoes? You'd be like, cool. Y- like, and yeah. I'll also build a house on Mars <laughs> while I'm at it. You know what I mean? Right. And I think just humanizing it and telling that, st- or learning those people's stories is what opened my mind to all these different mm. possibilities. So that's what I'm, I was like, let's, let me try to do that.
0: So were you seeking to learn, if, if there was one that had more impact or, or, or more intention, was it more about you wanting to learn more for yourself or more of just wanting to share and impact others or more about content and changing your your was, persona? What, what do you think the, the main thing was?
1: I think it was this Feeling not to sound. I'm gonna. I feel like I'm gonna sound a little bit like a abstract artist or something. It was this feeling of like putting myself out there to connect with people. Yeah. And build a following, build connection. I knew that like selling product, building a brand, all that stuff came after connecting with people. Right. So I needed to connect with people. I wanted to connect with people. So it was just about connecting with people. And I can only connect with people around my truth.
0: That's really good because that's been my experience of yours is that there's not some other agenda that, that is behind the scenes. Yeah. Like as I, as, as I listened to it and then as I got to be a part of it, it was like this guy is uh, really interested in learning about people and yeah. just sharing it. That's the whole agenda. There's nothing secret
1: yep. behind it. That's it, and there, yeah. there's no agenda. And when you asked, was there any goals? There was no goals. It was just let's start putting some stuff out. And I am, am naturally very. I just noticed that I never felt better than when I drove home from one of those meetings where you just felt like, you you hit it. Like yeah. you just either you learned something great, right, or a potential really good idea was just discussed like you can feel fundamentally who you are shift a little. Mm. And when I was driving home from those meetings, I would feel like, man, that is it. I don't know what yeah. it is, but that is what I want a lot of.
0: Well, what's it's what's incredible is that I think that so much about like creation yeah. is in communication. Yeah. Right? Like we create our reality based on conversations that we have with ourselves yep. and others. Yep. And that's really like you think about how much was created, how much was shared, how, how many people grew and your whole podcast is a conversation. Yeah. But it's it's because of the intention that you set for it. Yeah. That's awesome. And it has man.
1: changed my like I have become a podcast like advocate. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Because what I didn't realize is this. I didn't realize that once again, my gift my uh, unfair advantage mm-hmm. was because of my years on TV and then building a company, a lot of people will talk to me. Right. Like, that's unfair, Yeah, but that's my advantage. <laughs> so I didn't realize that, really. Sure. You know, like, I knew that my Rolodex was like, you know, there's a lot of cool people in there, but I didn't realize kind of how that would snowball and where that would go. Okay. And so I, what I'm getting at is, I, by forcing myself for two years now... To sit down once a week and have an hour-long conversation with somebody who's smart and doing some shit has changed my life. It's made me meet people like you. Yeah. We would have never met. Because if somebody would have called me and said, "Yo, you should meet Kevion, right. I would have been like, oh, yeah, we'll get around to it. For sure. This is how we are. Yeah. But I need to fill a slot in my podcast. So, yeah, I'll do it. I'll trust you, Sneaker Steve. Bam. Ends up you're yeah. this like, Jedi fucking guru. <laughs> you know what I mean? And who would have thought? So then you do that same thing, you do that same thing, and now all of a sudden, before you know it, your conversation skills, your network, yeah. the things you're getting invited to, the things you're whatever, are just so much bigger. And it obviously helps my business. It For helps sure. everything I do. So you've
0: you've interviewed, how many people now? 112.
1: 112.
0: What do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions, whether you've experienced them yourself or you've experienced, you, you've learned from your, your guests about success
1: and happiness. Yeah, I think the main thing, and this was kind of the, the kernel of why I started it and still rings true today, is the thought that these people have something mm. we don't, right? Yeah. There's always an us and them thing, like right. a, you know... Uh, I think a lot of people don't succeed because they doubt themselves because they don't think they have that thing and what the crazy shocker is nobody has that That thing thing, there's no gene there's no success gene there's no person that comes and knights you successful yeah there's no secret bracelet there's nothing it's just those people were persistent and took the risks and figured Mm. it out and took the losses and all the things the keys to success right those people did it yeah. Every time those people did it, and I don't care if somebody was maybe born in a rich area, um, had a natural gift, ha- any of the things that we say are like, oh, that's the excuse right. for why that person's successful. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not that. Yeah. It's never that thing. It's always all of the other things. And the thing that nobody realizes, or, or at least the types of people I'm talking about don't realize is they have it too. Mm. They have the luck thing too. They have the unfair advantage too. They have all the things that if they just got up and went for it and chased what it really takes to chase your dreams, one day they would make it and people would tell them they were lucky. Yeah, And they had something that they don't. And yeah, but dude, you were born in the winter Uh in Louisville, Kentucky, when everyone knows. You know what I'm saying? Like We all have it.
0: Yeah and you know I think it's it's interesting because if you go back and you study anybody you can see how they took their deck of cards mm-hmm. and just dealt them well. Yeah. You know like I flipped growing up the way I grew up as the most positive thing in the world. Yeah. And I think it's it's not what we're given or or what happens it's just how we React to it, what our perception is of it. We're all
1: super, super lucky. And I think the fact that you can change that, this is one thing I learned from starting with you, the fact that you can change that, your perception, your mentality is the mind blowing breakthrough for people like us, like skaters, yeah, you know, whatever, not sort of, I don't know who grows up like sort of, maybe if your parents went to some Ivy league schools or something, you're kind of ingrained with that. I don't know. But my thing is, I never thought you could really change that. Yeah, And the same way that we can build like our biceps, if If I'm naturally skinny, but I can work out hard enough to become buff. I'm naturally pessimistic. I can work on it enough. It's going to take a lot but to become, to see the world a little differently.
0: If you can get to the place where, like, if a random, I don't know, if something just landed on both of our cars right now, not yeah. in the driveway, yeah. I swear I would crack up. It would be so good It for would Instagram. be so funny. that would know oh, yeah, be, be great. For our stories? It'd be incredible. It'd be like, well, you guys won't believe it. If, if we go outside and both of our cars are on fire, I would laugh my ass off. Yeah, like, we, I have yeah. trained myself to believe that, A huge, gigantic breakdown is one of the best things that could possibly happen. You just got to look for it.
1: Yeah, and I don't. I'm gonna be honest, Kev. You once again, you're a Jedi, and I try not to ask for a big breakdown because it scares me. I'm all for it. I get it, man.
0: There's been too much, too many horrible things that have happened that have translated to awesomeness. I don't, I'm not looking for it, but when it happens, it's like, all right, something awesome is coming out of this. I just got to keep looking.
1: Yeah. I still, yeah, I got to master that.
0: So tell me about some of your life hacks. You know, you've been reading like crazy. Um, what have been some of your, your, your top structures or life hacks that have
1: really helped you break through? So I think can I ask you this? Are you going to – we can cut this out. Are you going to a part where – because I kind of would like – I think it would be cool to talk about, like, how it came then out of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because we could, We probably got to wrap up fairly soon, too. I got a couple more. So this is going into basically what are some of your top structures in Life Hacks? Yep. What has been your greatest success so far? What's your message to the world? And so what can we expect more So ask me then just
1: of? after – right before Life Hacks, just yep. ask me – what how did you start to pull out yeah, yeah that's you know I mean? and then yep. then go to what are your life habits? yeah because we,
0: to- we talked about the podcast um so i'll say like so you started the podcast something shifted but um
1: like what shifted how do you go from walking around your house drinking wine all night to now you know we can see on your podcast on whatever that something has yeah, changed how, okay. do you, how does that start to happen all right cool
0: Thank you for that coaching. I fully welcome it. <laughs> I just want to make sure I yeah. took the story. So, I mean, so how did it how did it shift, right? Because you went from being in this space where you're drinking wine every night and searching oh, yeah. and digging. Okay, I'm going to start a podcast to shift the persona and, and learn and share. But something
1: really shifted, yep. right? Like what shifted? I would say that what happened was I started... It started with running. I hate running yeah. still to this day, but I just remember being so feeling so shitty, and I was like skinny. You know, I get skinny instead of fat right. when I get lazy. Right. So I was like skinny, and I was smoking cigarettes at the time, just chain smoking cigs, yeah. and just super unhealthy. And I just remember thinking like, ah, maybe I start running. Okay. Know, I'm not skating anymore. Maybe I start running. And it was miserable, but just running a mile, then Mm. running 1.5, then running whatever. It was now something that I could start to focus on to be proud of when I go to bed at night. Interesting. And it was that feeling that I'm saying, is like you just can't, if you're going through the day all day just taking L's, you're gonna snowball into L land. That's it. But if you can take something, that you can put all that away and win here. So it started with running. It started that's with running. Awesome, man. And and I still, like I never it never stuck. It running turned into literally, I was going to SoulCycle classes with Eric Deluxe. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, which I'm yeah. embarrassed to say. But there's I have a sweet spot for Soul Cycle. Soul cool. And I would be in there sweating, and they're in there like, you can be great. You can be great. And I'm like, I can't be great. And I'm sweating my ass up. And there was something about walking out of there that's like, hmm, I did something that I didn't think yeah. I would do. I feel great. Because I'm
0: like, I'm buddies with Eric, right? And yeah. I knew Eric before I met you, but I saw it. Yeah. Right. I saw it. And then it was almost in that same season that we met. And then it just continued to shift. Like, what else happened
1: that caused you to really just. Yep. So then, so it all started stacking. So it started running. Then all of a sudden you started doing Soul Cycle. Then I said, well, screw it. I'm just going to start this podcast. Yeah. Why not? Now I'm having all these good conversations with people. I'm meeting people. That's going to start to bring you right. out of it. Now people start recommending books and stuff mm. like that. So now I start reading again because I took a huge break from that. Start reading again. Wow, that makes you, you get really inspired about this one chapter you read. Yeah. And guess what? Tomorrow you have a soul cycle class, and then you and now right. you had a great podcast. And before you know it, these things start to uh, start to stack, and right. then naturally all of the harsh decisions that we had to make. Uh, as a business, at Young and Reckless, started to pay off. Mm. You know, like now, naturally, you have to make harsh decisions. You have to deal with the storm that's coming. But then the storm clears. Right. And the fact that you let, you know, you cut your payroll in half. Yeah. And the fact that you cut all these expenses pays off. And now that starts working. And Do you think
0: part of what caused things to work at business was that you
1: also started to work... In the other areas. A trillion, yeah. billion percent. Right. One of the things I added, you know this, but one of the things I added to my list was I felt like, man, you know, my mom loves me to death. Yeah. And One of the things that probably bums my mom out the most is both of her kids live in L.A. now she doesn't really see them very right. often. I talk to her once every five days. Yeah. That's messed up. I love my mom. I want my mom to be happy. I don't talk to my mom once every five days. Yeah, Yeah, it's messed and up. You do. Well, why would you do that? Yeah. If that's all the things that you really care <laughs> about. So I made it a point to call my mom every day. That's awesome. Um, so all those things start to stack. And yes, your personal life. So it's there's absolutely not up for debate that the two are intertwined. Right. Um, especially for it's people it. like it's us. a no brainer. Especially for people like us, we don't clock in, clock out. Right. We own our businesses. We're yeah. in charge of people. There is no clock in, clock out there.
0: So you start the the podcast, it's very clear that as you're interviewing successful people, you're you're hearing their strategies. So people naturally start recommending books to you. On yeah. top of that, you're running, you're doing Soul Cycle. Yeah. Is there anything else that started to cause things to shift where like I I feel like I look at your your life over the last year. And it was like, he's elevating. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that it's all of those things starting to add up. Then you're, you're learning. Like if I sit and talk with you about your business Mm -hmm. strategically for an hour and a half, it's going to naturally spark some different ways of thinking about my business. Right. And so that started happening every week on this podcast. And, um, and then you're running, and that's really good for your brain and all yeah. that stuff too, right? Then you start eating a little bit better. Then you stop smoking. Mm. Who would have thought? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who the hell smokes cigarettes? Who knew? So then you stop smoking. Now your soul cycle classes <laughs> are so much better, <laughs> yeah. right? So anyways, all of these things start to snowball. Now you're out of the woods on the business issues. So now you're starting to make some money, uh, you know, grow right. again. and. All of these things are just paying off, and that started, that just started snowballing, and Mm. it started adding up, and it started adding up, and I started making, I went from walking into the office for a year straight, and feeling like I was just there to deal with the bad issue, to now all of a sudden, I'm excited to go in there, I'm excited to go handle the problems, and to build on new strategies, and start new things, and then before you know it, the podcast, in the beginning, nobody gave a shit about my podcast, Yeah, I was devastated.
0: So like, now Gary Vee just being on the podcast. There you go, right? It's crazy. And so
1: now I... It went from like, I was just on TV with right. millions of people watching and nobody gives a shit. I'm yeah. talking like 500 people want right. to watch this episode. To then all of a sudden, that started working. I naturally just become better at podcasting. Mm. It starts catching. Now that's getting tens of thousands and yeah. hundreds and whatever. And so that's helping my audience, which is helping me sell more clothes. Which is blah Blah, blah, blah. It's helping blah, 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 blah. And it all just started. then. Uh, my friend Sneaker Steve suggests I have this guy Kevion on, on and we have an incredible conversation. <laughs> yeah. You start, you're like, "Hey man, I want to life coach you because the podcast was so good." I think life coaching's weird, right? Until I give it a shot. <laughs> now I think it's fucking incredible. Yeah, and it's all of those things, you know, constantly growing back to growing and evolving and learning and growing and evolving. And yeah. Like, well,
0: it was really interesting to like start working with you right out of the gate and I go into things like your schedule yeah. and your structure. And one of the first things oh, yeah. that I asked you was what's your gift and how many hours a week do you do it? Yeah. You know, and we, we, we broke down like what your gift actually is. And when we really looked at the structure, you're only implementing that piece like two hours a week. Yeah. You know, how much of of getting down with your schedule and designing your business in a way where you're doing what you're meant to do has been a part of all this?
1: It's it's absolutely like an overwhelming amount. And I will say that that's the part more, like if we had a coaching call tomorrow morning, Mm -hmm. that would still be the main topic. You know what I mean? And that's still the part that's like super difficult and you have to constantly sort of, I'll talk to you one week. And be like, hey, this is what I need to spend more time right. doing. And the next week, I'll be like, I didn't do it. Yeah. Like I spent maybe 8% more time. My
0: biggest challenge to this day and is getting caught up doing things that I don't feel like I'm designed to do. That yeah. the world wants me to do these yep. things. Yep. Yeah, and so I think it's one of the best things somebody could, could develop is what are you good at? What's your skill set? And how are you blocking off your
1: life so that you can do that?
0: Five hours a day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ah, oh, it's hard. Yeah, it's expert level. We talked about, uh, I was waking up at 9.30. Yeah, I was pretty amazed at that. In the morning, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing we had to chip away at. <laughs> so now all of a sudden, here's the mind-blowing thing. You wake up at 7, Yeah, which is still generous. Mm-hmm. You have time to do your workout it. in the morning. That's it. And now it is, it is transformed into where now... Every day, or every, sorry, three days a week, I work out with a trainer at 8.30 in the morning. Yeah. I'm done by 9.30. Plenty of time to get to the office still with great time. At the time that I would have woken up right. before. Um, it just allows you to make all this other progress in right. your life when you clean up one thing. That's it. And then clean up one more thing. And then clean up one more thing.
0: It's been awesome, man. It's been really cool seeing the uh, the transformation. Thanks, man. You were a big part of it. What has been your greatest success so
1: far my greatest success um ah, i'm trying I, what i'm doing right now in my head is trying to not make it sound cheesy i think that honestly the thing that i'm the most proud of is like that my parents are really proud of me yeah um, i was able to buy them cars and you know help them with debt and yeah. any of that stuff um so they don't have to worry about that uh, and that There are starting to be people that really thank me in a very genuine way for putting them on a good path. That's dope. And, you know, this one includes you. I was at, I was pulling up to the jewelry district to buy my fancy new chains. I like that. Nice, responsible chains. Yeah, they're fully responsible. These are like, hey, let's not get ahead of ourselves. (laughs) Uh, uh, And this guy walked up right up to my window in the parking lot and was like, with, Tears in his eyes and goosebumps was like, man, your podcast wow. with Kevin changed my life. He's like, I want you to meet my mom. You really set me on the right path. And like, that's, I, I didn't, you don't Dude, get the that. amount of times that's happened for me. Yeah. Right. If we combine it together. You don't get that from Fantasy Factory. Yeah. You get like, you guys are fucking hilarious, which is cool. Right. But you don't get that. And I think the fact that that's just on a small level, I'd like to do it on a bigger level, but starting to happen, I think that's a different type of success than like, you know, some of the other stuff.
0: Yeah. It's pretty impactful. That's cool. Yeah. So on that note, what can we expect to see more of from Chris drama path in the
1: future? What you can expect to see more of. So like, I'm very, very proud to say that, you know, young and reckless went through all of those issues. And now like this year will be our biggest year. Wow. And we have switched so heavily to e-commerce and to you know denim and all at of a time
0: when that might not make much sense to other brands that might be you know heavier logo driven yeah. or whatever it might be yeah. um to have this year
1: 2018 be your biggest year yeah. is that says something it's i'm proud of it and i'm proud of it because we did it through really, really hard work and trial and error and letting people go, but also hiring new people. And we have new people now that now we're growing. Now we're hiring. Now it's great. And now it's a great energy in that office. And I can walk in there every day and be a lot more purposeful on what I'm doing, why everyone's there and what our goal is today.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, because you're doing that in your life. Yeah. Right. Like I think it's easy to put well, let me work on my business because that's gonna make me who I am. Yeah. But you did did it the right way and yeah. said, no, let me figure out who I am yeah. and take that human being yeah. that is healthy, mentally strong, yeah. connected with his family, and take that guy yeah. into work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing the chain reaction. So awesome, that that environment is amazing. You're gonna see, you know, naturally uh, we chilled out for a little while on some of our marketing expenses, or taking risks on marketing projects, stuff like that. You're gonna see some cool, exciting stuff coming from the brand, Dope. and that's really in line with like the current, you know, that 16 to 24 year old yeah. age range and what those guys are doing. And I'm really excited to just kind of, you know, I felt like young and reckless, even though we've been doing really well. We've we, there hasn't been that like really cool moments where people are like, damn, they did that. Right. That's pretty cool. Um, so that's what, there's a few of those coming. Awesome. Um, and then I just, I really enjoy the, the podcasting and the like, at the end of the day, what I'm trying to do is connect with people and to get people to make that first switch to realize it's possible and make that first switch that sets you down that path. So what I'm trying to do is get better at podcasting, get better at interviewing, have better guests, um, be better at social media. Yeah, You know what I mean? Just do things better that, uh, you know, you'd want to follow me and listen to my podcast. And-
0: so if there was one thing, because you drop a lot of life hacks, mm-hmm. it's awesome. I don't need to read books anymore yeah. because you read five a week and I just read what you <laughs> highlight. So thank you for that. <laughs> one a week, guys. Let's not be <laughs> ridiculous. <It's> crazy. <laughs> what? What's the first thing you'd recommend people to do? Somebody wants to improve their life, up their game, whether they're at a low point or a high point. They just want to improve. What's the first thing that you recommend somebody
1: to do? I think it's to just set for this week, starting one week from that's today, it. set three attainable goals. Mm, that's awesome. And do them. That's it. And I don't care whether it's Run around my block because I'm just out of shape. Yeah. Or like just do anything that's a goal, but you're pretty sure you can do it and do it in the next week and look at how that changes, starts to change your outlook on what you're capable of doing. That's awesome, man. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. I did not think with this 100 day 5K um, thing other people would be joining in on it. Like I really just did it for myself to develop more mental discipline. And I just was looking for a breakthrough. So I came up with the idea to run a 5k a hundred days in a row. And there's gotta be at least a couple hundred people who have been doing it and tagging me in it. But, um, a couple people have asked me, does it have to be a 5k? And I'm like, no, yeah. be whatever you want. Yeah. I think it's just the idea of doing something for a hundred days is going to be a challenge. Yeah. And learn
1: it, to master that yeah. part of yourself. Like, First of all, everyone in my office is doing it. That's I'm sick. I'm sick of my whole feed That's now. Sick. Your your hundred days <laughs> just ended and all these guys just started. <laughs> That's um, awesome. But I think that like um, what we do a lot is we when we set goals too small, we don't do them because we think like... Uh, that's, that's not even worth doing. Right. And we set them too big, we don't do them because yeah. we have no idea how to do that. Right. Just set the damn goal, set the goal. that you know you can do Absolutely. and do it. Absolutely. And then set a little bigger one and then set a little bigger
0: one. Um, I changed my goal recently for the year because I was uh, 25% off track of it. So my volume goal for the year Um, And I really just want to share that to encourage people to be real about your goals. Like in January, I set a huge, gigantic goal for the amount of volume I'd like to do in real estate. And uh, a month ago, I realized I'm like 25% off track. And the goal was no longer inspiring me. It was more daunting and like, oh, so I adjusted it. And I just want to encourage people to get real about what you're aiming to do and adjust your goals in a way that uh, leaves you feeling inspired you shouldn't know without a shadow of a doubt oh yeah i could do that it should push you it should make you a little bit nervous yeah but you don't want to look at your goal and be like oh man
1: yeah i'll tell you what we do like even because obviously the most of our growth and now the fact that we're growing uh is due to e-com obviously yeah so like for instance this year every month we have revised our e-com goals yeah Because we naturally at the beginning of the year set them too high. Right. Right. And so now, as the year goes on, when it gets to like now and September, is when they start to get accurate. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's just naturally. I'm not saying that's the way, but you naturally kind of set these big ones. It's okay. Give it your best shot. Look at it and revise it if you need to. But now, so towards the end of the year, it will get accurate and we'll hit a good, realistic goal. We'll be up from last year. Everything will be great. But like, start high and revise down if you have to. But just finish. I love what you said, too. Just set three goals that you feel that you could attain for a week. Three. Call your mom every day. Run a mile every day. And drink no soda. Come on, now. You got that.
0: Last question, dude. Yep. What's your message to the world? What's that tweet? right? If there were one tweet you would want to be remembered by, what would it be?
1: I think that it's, ah, man, something along the lines of, you could use the Jeezy reference if you'd like. I, always, I think The world's yours that- and everything. <laughs> in uh, It could be copy and paste it. I love the idea <laughs> that the only way, the truly the only way to change the world is to change yourself. That to me is just such an, imp- it's just like everyone wants to complain, especially right sure. now about what's going on in the world. Yeah. And man, if these people were different, if these people were different, if these people were different. If you can just work on yourself and shut up about everyone else for yeah. a minute, you'll be shocked at how much your perception of what everyone else is doing mm. and even your ability to help everyone else mm. and your ability to be there for your family, right. be there for your kids, be there for whatever will change because you changed. Right. Never because you didn't change and you waited for them to change. That's just not even a thing. Come so on I now, that—that's uh, awesome. Yeah, stop complaining and just do some work on yourself, people.
0: Yeah. And because at the end of it, like who we are impacts other people around us. Yeah. Good or bad. Mm-hmm. So be. And conscious. it impacts the way we see everyone around us. Yeah. You know what That's I mean? That's huge, man. That's
1: awesome, dude. anybody
0: you'd like to thank? Shout out
1: as we wrap this up. Just you, Kev. Oh, thanks, dude. Let's just keep it right to the point. <laughs> You—you uh, know—I was fortunate. You are the epitome of. This podcast uh, drawing people and thoughts and ideas into my life that I did not expect. It was nowhere in the mission statement for starting a podcast. Uh, You changed my perception on life coaching. You changed my perception on things like Landmark forum yeah a three-day self-improvement <laughs> congratulations torture on session that. that was so <laughs> worth it uh, and that here we are awesome. now doing yours i just uh yeah thank you man thanks for your friendship your guidance and all the knowledge that you're under serving the world We want more content. All right, brother. I'm working
0: on it. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being open to it. Thank you for doing this. I know we said it'd be about 45 minutes, but we went way over. Too many gems.
1: Yours was three hours
0: on mine. All right, let's go. Appreciate you, man. We did it. Let's go. That's it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you to Drama for taking the time to do this. I hope you got some insights, some breakthroughs, some ah ahas. And found some gems that are going to help you get to the next level in life. Hope you found some extraordinary answers while listening to that interview. And as always, the quality of the answers that we find are determined by the quality of the questions that we ask. So here's your three power questions for today. Number one. How bad do you want it? And what are you willing to risk to achieve your dreams? I think anything you're going to achieve on an extraordinary level requires, requires an equal level of risk, a level of feeling defeated, having to completely start over, being embarrassed, looking stupid. There's always going to be a risk. Are you willing to risk all of that to go after your dreams or are you gonna continue playing it safe? Question number two, where in your life do you have to make a change? If you take an honest look at the different areas from your work to relationship, what needs to go? What do you need to get rid of to get to that next level? And lastly, number three, this is in the spirit of affirmations. And remember, an affirmation is something that you tell yourself. And many of the affirmations that we tell ourselves, they're not designed to actually move our lives forward. They're actually not designed at all. They were created by default. So the question is, what are some of the make-believe affirmations that you've been caring and saying about yourself that are not moving your life forward? And more importantly, what are the new affirmations? What is the new story that you are creating on the path to achieving greatness? Remember, whatever you tell yourself over and over and over, good or bad, will become who you are. So what are your new affirmations that you're creating for yourself and for the ultimate vision of what you can be? Thank you, everybody, for listening in Project Mindset, episode three. Share it, subscribe, post it, and I'll talk to you guys soon.